Welcome to SaaS Backstage. I am your host Nishant Goel and with co-host Vishal Rivari, we go behind the curtains talking to people who built SaaS companies from ground up. Today, our guest is Amelia, head of marketing at UserPilot and author of Product Rants, the weekly email newsletter from UserPilot. We discuss with her on this episode her experiences as the first marketing hire at UserPilot and the importance of onboarding and retention in SaaS companies, the leaky bucket situation many SaaS companies have, and other topics you won't want to miss out. Being in a SaaS company, you should always expect the unexpected and look for ways to get even more value out of the existing setup. I'm sure you'll have at least one takeaway from this conversation. So let's dive in. So what was your experience as the first marketing hire? What was the challenges that you faced? <laughs> so as you can imagine, when you're trying to start something and uh, you don't really have resources and you're the only person on the team, you're spreading yourself very thinly. So um, there isn't quite enough time for doing anything properly and you feel like you're playing catch up all the time right so we were already investing in content marketing we felt that you know it would be something that would get us to where we are and cost efficiently and that was a good bet so we were working with one freelancer at that time and so essentially I was deciding on what content they should write, right? I was um, then repurposing this content into social media posts, into newsletters. Um, I was involved in running webinars. I was helping with Google ads. I was running, you know, like we started this annual conference. And the first edition was actually super successful. We had like 2,200 participants, 20 plus really high profile speakers so so that went very well um and yeah there was a lot of these different things that we were juggling I was juggling um so after after the first year honestly um I felt like we were spreading ourselves a bit too thinly and we hired a consultant who was an experience he used to be a VP of marketing at a very successful SaaS and he gave us some um, pointers, pointed us in the direction of investing more in content and like cutting back on a lot of the other initiatives that we were trying to do. So how did it affect you when you were being stressed too thinly? How did it affect your life as an individual, not just as the first marketing hire, but as an individual? What was your experience? Well, I didn't have a life, so um, honestly, um, it's, it was very intense. It's still quite intense, but maybe not as intense as at the beginning. Um, so, you know, that's just the story in any startup, right? When you're trying to build the processes and, of course, you can use some playbooks, you can use other people's experience and advice. But you never know exactly like how it will work for you if you apply it, right? So every company is different, every market is different. Um, so you just need to experiment a lot and measure a lot and see what, what you know what is working, what is not working. So um, it, it's very intense. Like in general, 
marketing for SaaS companies, for high growth startups is extremely intense, right? You don't really have the time to kick back and, and relax and just like go with the flow. You constantly need to measure, you constantly need to react, right? Put out fires, respond to other people's needs, customers' requests, requests from other departments. You know, there's always sales asking for something, for some sales enablement documents. There's always product, you know, asking for help with um, product releases, for instance, right? Then there is reporting to your executives, right? Um, reporting to investors. So it is still, you know, a very, very advanced, um, a very intense job. As a marketer, mm. you are always juggling so many hats. And as the first and only marketing hire, it only gets over that. That's yeah. a big deal getting through that phase. So yeah, I would say. During that period, during your first few months, what was the biggest challenge that came up with you? The biggest challenge were in the first few months. Um, I guess it was the lack of processes, right? So essentially when you're starting from scratch, you don't have any playbooks. You need to sort of um, build your own cadence. Obviously, everyone else was very busy. So, you know, you, you had to be a self-starter and rely on yourself. Um Communication could sometimes be challenging with people from like different countries, different cultures, working remotely, right, in different time zones. So getting used to that and kind of making sure you manage your time efficiently. Yeah, these were definitely challenges, like never having enough resources, obviously. Um Yeah, and having to do a lot of things that you may not feel exactly good at and having to learn things very quickly right um as you are implementing them so obviously in such an environment there is no time for taking time out to learn something right you have to basically learn as you go so yeah i guess well these are quite a few challenges along the answer to your question emilia thank you so much for sharing about your journey now i would like to ask a few questions about why for the podcast mm. how do you explain onboarding to a five year old uh that's a very cool question <laughs> so i would say that onboarding is the process of guiding your new users through your product in a way that helps them achieve their goals in the shortest time possible okay got it and why do you think retention and onboarding is so hard for saas companies to pull it off at these times so there are a lot of reasons really um the first reason i think is that saas companies often are not even that aware of you know what their customers are doing inside their product who they are right like what their goals really are you know what their user journey looks like right what it should like and what it really looks like right and where are the gaps between you know the way that the user journey was designed um by the product managers and the ux designers versus what the users really do right where is this gap well that's when we speak of companies that do have product managers and that do have ux designers on board 
when we have smaller SaaS companies that are kind of just, you know, built by engineers, there's going to be even more challenging because nobody's thinking, nobody's building the product with the UX in mind. Nobody is building the product. Often you, you get these products that like are not really following any product vision and sort of the features are added in a random way in random places. Um, you can tell that there are very little thought has gone into actually designing the product, right, in a conscious way. So it's very difficult then if you sort of design your product or you create your product without designing it, right, without planning things and thinking about the user experience. It's very difficult to um, have a mindset of onboarding and basically um, make sure there is enough resources and that onboarding is prioritized. So user journey is um, essentially one reason, not knowing your users enough, right? That's one reason. Another reason is lack of resources. So especially smaller SaaS companies, they just don't treat onboarding and retention as important enough. They focus heavily on, well, on the product side, they focus heavily on product delivery, right? Not even so much discovery, which is a problem, right? Because then it results in these poorly designed products Um, so essentially these teams are like product factories right feature factories they keep like releasing new features maybe because they saw a feature you know at a competitor's product and it seems kind of cool so they just slap it on top their their product right um and very few of such teams actually think about product adoption, right? The user metrics. So are the users activating, right? Activating meaning like once they have started using the product, are they actually reaching their goals, right? And kind of getting to the aha moment where they know what this product is for, where they feel that the product is giving them value, right? They don't think about um, retention either because it's a lagging metric. Oftentimes, the smaller teams just focus on acquisition. They focus on the leading growth metrics, right? So increase in the number of users, right? Increase in the number of signups, right? Increase in the number of paying customers. But they don't think about the lagging metrics, right? So for instance, yeah, user retention, obviously, is a lagging metric because it comes after the users have signed up, right? The same, you know, like user activation is like a very subtle, very nebulous metric that then leads to retention. But very few of these like early stage SaaS companies think about it at all. And that's a problem because um, then the unit economics just don't add up, right? And this is also something that I mentioned in that recent newsletter that the CAC is very high. And even though the growth may be, high like the sheer you know customer growth but when you look at the net dollar retention how much of that new revenue you're actually keeping it may turn out that basically your growth is not sustainable and if you take into consideration the customer acquisition costs right so your CAC and the LTV then it may turn out if your LTV um, CAC to LTV ratio is very low then this is also a big red flag that your unit economics are not adding up. And as soon as basically the investor's money dries up, you'll have a big problem with making the company sustainable because you just have a leaky bucket, right? So 
are you saying like people are not even aware that they have a DP bucket? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes they may not be aware. So again, it depends on the stage of the company. And especially if you have like annual contracts and you have a lot yeah. of new users that have not gone through the renewal cycle yet and you don't have um, product analytics installed, so you are not tracking how many of these users are really active, right? Yeah. And how many of the accounts are basically slipping away users that are at risk of churn, <laughs> then you may just kind of be, have a very big surprise when the renewals don't come through, right? That's interesting. So from your answer, I got a question. When you use a product, when you started working with user pilot, for example, what was your thought about the product they offer? And how could you define that it is a winning product? Mm, so, well, I didn't know that at first, right? Because I honestly wasn't familiar with um this type of products at that point i kind of didn't know that it was possible to do things that user pilot does um but i kind of had a had a sense that the team is very strong the founding team um was like just consisted of people that i believed in right um i consider very driven very intelligent very accomplished so um, I trusted in the team, but soon afterwards, after a few weeks, I realized that the product and the industry really has future. And, you know, when, when it clicked for me, when I had that aha moment, then I realized that, well, this is really important, right? Well, we just discussed about retention, about plugging that leaky bucket and that you can do so much with a no-code tool and I realized, well, this is big, like obviously software is eating the yeah. world, right? So there are so many software products appearing every day. Um, someone needs to basically take care of these lagging metrics as well. I mean, you say like people sometimes are not even aware that they have a leaky bucket problem, right? So what do you think can be the indicators if someone wants to know that they have this problem? So what can be the good indicators to look at to know that they have a retention problem or they have an onboarding problem? Yeah, so obviously you need to use user analytics, both qualitative and quantitative. Qualitative could be session recordings, right? And watch these session recordings. Um, so build certain funnels, right? So like pathways and essentially goals on the user's journey that the user needs to hit in order to for instance achieve their goal right and so segment your users build these funnels and see where and how many of the users drop off and the different milestones in their user journey and how many are actually achieving their goals right so user pilot allows you to for instance track that right so you can build your goals based on several events inside the app right build your funnels and then look at like how many people are achieving these goals and dropping off at every stage um so that's very important observing like how many active versus inactive users you have then of course monitoring your churn and versus your expansion revenue right um these are all the like basic one-on-one factors that I would start from. All right. 
Correct. Right. So what's something that everyone in your industry should start doing? Like everyone in the SaaS industry should start doing according to you? Thinking about um, product adoption. Um, so not only about building features, but also how the users are using the features, right? And uh, providing guidance so that the users can adopt the features on their own and discover new features on their own. So obviously um, I'm a user of a lot of tools, right? And um, in marketing, we use so many different tools. I test a lot of tools on a weekly basis. And it's very frustrating for me when myself and my team kind of can't figure like a very simple thing out and um, we have to go to customer support and sometimes wait for hours, sometimes for days to get a response and learn how to do something, right? Yes. So this is, these are the things that I'm often mentioning in my product trends, right? So the newsletter. Because <laughs> um, I feel like people are not aware of the fact that this is a problem. Like the old way before tools like UserPilot appeared was just to sort of build the tool. And then if someone had a problem, you would just like refer them to support, but imagine the support costs and imagine also the alternative costs, right? So by that, I mean the users that are not reaching out to support because they don't like to do that. They are either not accomplishing their goals and churning because they just like are fed up and they give up on you, or they are assuming that you don't have certain features. It, it can be shocking sometimes like how many users are asking on support or in feature requests for the features that you already have just because they haven't discovered them. So the job of a product manager should be not only to, you know, do product discovery and think about new features, but also map the user journey and think about feature adoption and how to make existing users successful with their existing product, right? So I know it may not sound as exciting as building something completely new from scratch, but imagine if you do anything professionally, like you're a professional athlete, you have to repeat certain movements so many times to master them. You can't just be learning new tricks every day, even though that might be more interesting because then you wouldn't actually yeah. master you know, sure. the discipline. I feel like the same mindset should apply to product. Yeah. You build your core features, you make the product competitive, but then you also should hire a dedicated person that would be concerned with product adoption rather than just building new features. Got it. Okay. Wow. That's quite extensive. So uh, Vishal has some really interesting questions. So these are the questions from your fans of your newsletters. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you have such such a great experience. Like you started with journalism, you dreamt of like having being in journalism. You thought of becoming a journalist. You became one. Then you became a marketer, the first hire. Then you became the VP of marketing and the user pilot. While you were doing all these things, did you ever thought that you would get a chance to come on our show? Come on what? Sorry. Come on our show. <laughs> Come on the show. Yeah. Uh, be on this podcast. Be on this show oh. with us. <laughs> um, well, I do get... <laughs> sometimes I, I do get invited to different podcasts. So, yeah. Um, 
yeah i guess i i wasn't really thinking about that but it's happening <laughs> okay it's, yeah. it's a satirical question you don't need to answer that <laughs> we, we just ask to make make someone laugh uh, that's it uh, so tell me if you had a choice between two superpowers uh, being invisible or flying which one would you choose mm that's a good question can i ask a follow up question sure <laughs> how fast could i fly uh you would definitely defeat the super girl <laughs> okay ah, that's fast tough one yeah then i would probably choose to fly although being What? invisible is tempting <laughs> okay all right what was the last gift you gave someone oh mm trying to think oh am i so bad i don't give people gifts <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh um i think i gave my a friend of mine uh flower seeds <laughs> <laughs> okay all right she can grow her own garden <laughs> all right so who are the three people that who have been most influential to you influential to me um okay i think um definitely the co-founders of user pilot have been have been quite influential for me um like i was definitely inspired a lot by them by the ceo and by the first head of growth that i met at this conference and that sort of invited me to join us a pilot i'm still friends with him and yeah we we even spoke yesterday we are kind of exchange our experiences um on a pretty regular basis um and apart from that i guess like people i worked with in saas early on that kind of introduced me to this um industry so i wouldn't have known about it without them and um Yeah, I definitely owe them saying basically being able to find this this industry and find myself in it. Sorry. Thank you. So the next section we call it the fast five. So we have five questions. You can try to be as fast as possible okay. and your favorite food. Pad Thai. Okay. Your favorite memory. favorite memory um traveling in china i think okay you should not say that of 2020 <laughs> yeah i know i know it's sad memory right never gonna happen again this looks like at least today sorry sorry uh one thing that you're grateful for grateful for my friends and family okay one person you cannot live without oh um uh, my partner <laughs> okay. my ugly <laughs> half <laughs> okay so fun if you are not working then um then i would be investing in real estate i'm very boring oh, i know <laughs> really wow that's still nice. working definitely okay. so uh we have we have one last ending question So where can our listeners find you online? Um I think LinkedIn is the best place. Yeah, I hang out there a lot. Um so yeah, that would be the best bet. 
Thank you so much, Emilia. This was wonderful. We enjoyed a lot, and I specifically learned a lot about like the pointers that you mentioned. Like these are the pointers. Like SaaS company should do 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 these these things that they don't know that they have this leaky bucket problem. Thank you so much for taking our time. My um, pleasure. It was it was really great talking to you guys. So this is the end of our conversation. What actionable insight did you get today? And is there someone specific in your mind you would want us to bring on this episode? Do send their names to nishant at optiblack dot media, and I'll be more than happy to bring them in. Until next time.